When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets world. Hello, class. Open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 5, Episode... The Lauren Saga. The Lauren Saga. The Lauren Deep Dive. Right, Tanya? Yeah, that's the The Lauren Deep Dive. Uh, I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And this is Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. Uh, We don't really have... I mean, you're going to have to go back in your textbooks because it is not... This is a review. This is a review. This is for the SATs. This is a final. Oh, yeah. This will be on, on your final review. Yeah. We should have said that during the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do have a special guest. We do. We have one half of Boy Meets World Fever, which you can find on all of your podcasting services. We have Cameron. Say hi, Cameron. <laughs> hi. <laughs> hi, everyone. I'm Cameron. We don't have like a song to like sing you in. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, uh, I get it. He huh? sings this in on our show. I mean, on yeah. his show. We don't sing, though. Nope. <laughs> Even though I sing the theme song to our podcast. You should have stepped it up. I guess so. It's a mouthful to put your the name of your podcast in that song. So yeah. I get it. <laughs> I was thinking today, I was like trying to do it, and I was like, no, that's too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, I give up. So we don't have Chance, though. Chance is- Yeah. Make the, other, it. the other half of our show is uh, he's a little sick right now. We will uh, miss him very much. Yeah. But we're happy you're here. Yeah. I'm, y- y'all are stuck with me. The worst half. He's the Batman to my Robin, the Sean to my Corey. I'm just the worst half of the, the, the deal. But uh, that's actually, ridiculous. I like Robin better than Batman. So do you like Robin better than Batman? Um, I just feel like there's a lot of Robins to choose from. That's true. I mean, you definitely can pick between which Robin you like the best. Mm-hmm. You're the best Robin. Yes. Which Robin are you, though? Well, I don't know. Hopefully not Drake? Jason Todd. I was thinking Tim Drake. Yeah. Tim Drake's pretty cool. Anyway, this is our yeah. Boy Meets World podcast. This is the energy that we, we bring a lot on our show. Us too. Just obscure, obscure stuff. Us too. Um, uh, we haven't been- Obscure like Starry Night? The, that obscure uh-huh. Van Gogh. Heard of it? Yeah, Cameron, who's... have you ever seen the painting Starry Night? You know, it sounds familiar, but I can't quite place it. Hmm. Maybe we'll talk about it here in a little bit. Maybe. Um, I did watch that far. <laughs> did you? I watched like seven episodes um, to prepare. Okay, so what season is your show in right now? Um, we just started season four. Um, so our next episode we have coming out is going to be um, Shallow Boy. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, which will come out the very beginning of July. Um, what so a we're right episode. at the beginning of season four. Okay. So what was it like to, to jump into season five from, I mean right in the, the heart of season five. Yeah, it's, it's really, I was expecting it to be a lot more different mm. than it was. Cause I feel like we hit season four and about episode four, Fishing for Verna. I feel like they turned the melodrama knob up to 11. Mm-hmm. 
and I guess it just kind of stays there. <laughs> so it's like, it feels very different to everything before that, like 403 and earlier, but it, in terms of like the drama of it all and just kind of the over overdone elements, I feel like of the show that they really lean hard into. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it didn't feel too off. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, so So, what were your thoughts on this whole, I mean, when's the last time you watched the Lauren saga? Um, I did a watch through of the whole show. I ended maybe like half a year before we started our podcast. So it's maybe been two years since I've seen it um, and watched, watched it, of course, multiple times before that. So it'd been a little while. And I this was especially familiar with a lot of the earlier seasons from having done a podcast about them all. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it had been a little while. I had some different feelings about it than I thought I was going to. Um, like typically on our show, we refer, we've only referred to Lauren a couple of times, but I'm like, Ooh, her, <laughs> that, that woman. Um, but watching it, I was like, this isn't, this isn't too bad. Like, mm. Yeah, I definitely want to get there. I guess we should get started yeah, with the episode. Yeah, we should get started because so. I've got thoughts on just just what you said, Cameron. Okay. Right, we're so, on the same page. So we're talking about, um, we're, we're starting with episode 14, Heartbreak Corey, where Corey goes to the cabin. I mean, he, he goes with on the class trip to go see, well. To go skiing. <sighs> Where's Who's he going to go see? I don't know. Let me get a drink of water. Anyway, he <laughs> goes... Funny. On a school ski trip, everyone's there. He hurts himself. Lauren comes to his rescue. Lauren is um, amazing and stays up all night with him. And then basically is like, I really like you. She kisses him. She kisses him. And then she writes him a letter that Topanga finds. Right. And then we go to First Girlfriend's. Yeah. (laughs) Then we get go to First Girlfriends Club where there's just a little blip of Corey and Topanga. I mean, that's the that's the the bread on the the Sean's bad ex girlfriend sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, the the ex girlfriends that make no sense at all. The uh, ex girlfriends from like two years ago that act like they were his ex girlfriends like five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. It's like he dated them all at the same time, like a couple episodes ago. Right. 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 And they were all supposed to go out for Valentine's Day. Then we go to Torn Between. Torn Between. I can't talk tonight. This is ridiculous. (laughs) We haven't podcasted in two weeks. And we've really not really podcasted in like five weeks. And I've forgotten how to speak. So what what episode do we go to next, Tanya? This is the only time he talks. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Like a month. Uh, I mean, to be completely honest, he speaks in Zoom calls for work. And then the rest of his life is spent watching Critical Role. Yes. <laughs> and that's quite the life. It is. That's it. I mean, that's, I don't speak to them, but you know, I'm there in spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a fly on the wall watching them play. In heart. Exactly. They know what I'm, what yeah. I wanted to say. It's the most important speaking is your heart speaking. <laughs> But uh, we got a torn between two lovers feeling like a fool. Part of the reason that was hard to say is because the title is ridiculous, but that's whatever. It's based on a song. I know we've. They like to do that. Yeah. Um, But that's the episode where Corey has to decide basically between uh, Lauren and Topanga because Lauren shows up 
in Philadelphia out of nowhere and stalks Corey. And knows exactly where he is at all times. And where he lives and and that he will be at his back door instead of his front she door. She knows where Chubby's is. Mm-hmm. She just goes straight there off the bus or whatever. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to spend all night talking, it might come up. They can't even <laughs> like track each other on iPhones. Like That's true. Like she just knew somehow. It helps that there's just one restaurant in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's in like, all of Philadelphia. If he wants only food, chubbies. he has to go here. <laughs> right. Everybody knows Philadelphia is just this tiny little town. One restaurant town. Yeah. One stop. I mean, Philadelphia one is Chubby's. Like when, <laughs> when she got off the bus, it just, it Trudy. said, welcome to Philadelphia, Chubby's. Yeah. The bus just drops you off at Chubby's. And they say three doors down is, first off, it's a band. But second off... <laughs> is the Matthews house where you can walk to the back door and find Corey Matthews. Yeah. All right. Perfect. And then we get a few episodes where there's just a lot of um, Corey melodrama. Um, we get, and then there's like one of the best episodes. And then What's there was that? Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were going to have you on for that episode because we knew how much you guys liked it. Yeah. I, I feel like I was traumatized by that episode um, but I've come around on it and it's just great. Okay. So let's talk about that for a minute because I don't think either of us had high expectations for that episode. And then we ended up loving it. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's so good. Like um, I'm not a big like horror movie person, like just not my genre. I don't like to be scared. Mm-hmm. Same. It's, it's not, it's not a thing for me. And so as a, kid watching that i think i think the first time i watched it i watched most of it and then we had to go to church and so i didn't catch the end of it to see how it all kind of resolved so there's just like this hanging tension of like creepy janitor feeny's dead um like everybody's getting picked off and just kind of this like terror happening that just like bothered me <laughs> Did you have people pray for you about it when you went to church that night? No, I probably should have, but uh, I just had to go it on my own. I bore that burden a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. I didn't expect a lot going into it. I don't remember liking it that much when it first came out, but then um, on, on our watch through, like it was a breath of fresh air almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like everybody's having fun, mm-hmm. uh-huh. dying. They just <laughs> love dying. Uh huh. <laughs> Screaming. Angela's scream yeah. is so good the whole uh-huh. time. It's so good. It's just so fun. I and think Eric is phenomenal. I still have issues with the janitor. Um, like, like you still, still see some, him when you close your eyes. Yeah, or still sometimes at night, if I'm thinking about that episode, I'll be like, I'm not going to look out a window because I know he's going to be there looking at. <laughs> it's like sure a lot of people probably have like real fears of very rational things my fear is that the janitor from boy meets world season five is going to appear in my window uh, as i'm going to bed to be fair that would be super horrifying yeah he does a very good job yeah so that doesn't really have much to do with the Lauren saga, except for the fact that that is the episode where Sean realizes that he's the one pushing all of his friends apart by trying to control them and get them back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to, if you can't be with the one you love, 
um, which is hold the on drinking the drinking one. Yes, that's the it, drinking it is one. At, I think one of our favorite episodes of the season. Yeah, like it's so good. The drinking, yeah, the teen drinking is done so well. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and until Sean becomes an alcoholic after three days of drinking and, and then becomes sh- abusive. shoves his girlfriend up against the wall. Yeah, that part, I just yeah, blocked it from my memory. But the rest of it is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and then we do Eric Hollywood, which has literally nothing to do with Lauren. But then we get to the bookend of the Lauren saga, which is Starry Night. Have you have you ever heard of that painting? <laughs> again, How many times again, it's just as many as I can. Edges of my memory. <laughs> All right, so we'll get we'll get there. So let's get started. Um, really, kind of diving into the Lauren saga. <laughs> and uh, how did you feel about Corey and Topanga, Cameron, leading up to this moment? Um, Corey and Topanga had been back and forth, and. Um, not too long before this, they were arguing about their relationship being stale and boring. Mm-hmm. Um, they've broken up a few times before. So how did you feel about Corey and Topanga as a couple leading into this point in the show? Yeah, um, I know at least through like where we've watched, like we've seen Corey and Topanga get together. We've seen them break up once because they're like in a rut. We've seen them get back together. And then it's it still feels like almost kind of already back into it. Like that's their bent as a couple is toward being boring mm-hmm. or just being like steady, I guess. Not a whole lot of excitement, which doesn't have to be a bad thing. Right. Um, um, it, it, it feels like, why, why couldn't we have written something more interesting before this maybe? <laughs> um, like, why do we always just steer back towards that? And we come back to it again, like once they're married of being like, an old boring married couple, but really married this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just always, always where they're going. So um, yeah, I guess I'm usually of an opinion in shows on the like, will they, won't they relationship stuff. I always like it when it's at that point, less than when they're actually together. Mm. Um, like new girl season one and two is really great. But then season three, when Nick and Jess get together and just kind of like, okay, this is, and then when they break up, you're like, okay, now we're back at it. Like, Really? That's how you felt about it? I I just like the the tension, maybe. Oh, see, I hate tension. I hate it. That kind of tension in like a sitcom, I enjoy. Like, are they going to get together? I was so mad when Nick and Jess broke up. And then I was even more mad when he started dating Megan Fox. And then, like... And then they kept doing the will they won't they. It's like the most that they ever do in that in any show is in New mm-hmm. Girl. It's just so constant that it got kind of frustrating. Like I would have been happy seeing them like live their weird quirky life together for mm-hmm. that many seasons. And I think I think I feel that way about Topanga and Corey too where it's like okay, cool. You you guys are boring people like embrace it. And that's who you are as people like stop trying to be like, Oh, but we're spice it up somehow. Make it more interesting or or right. Instead of it being in, instead of it constantly being like a, well, I guess we're boring. So we got to break up. Yeah. (laughs) So that's how Tanya feels about their relationship at this point. (laughs) Thanks Cameron. 
<laughs> I was having right. a conversation. Yeah, we're, we're feeding off each other. I, no, I, I would agree. Um, yeah. And like, we're at, at, the, at the point where we are in our show, like Topanga is still so much like a non-presence mm-hmm. in yeah. the show. Um, but even watching these where she's in there, I'm just like, this is a completely different Topanga from the one that you like first mm-hmm. meet and like fall in love with as a character. Oh yeah. So you're kind of like, I don't really care if they're together mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to some degree, because it's like, neither of them are like that great. Right. Like, like I right. remember them in my mind being maybe like, yes. the, like nostalgia looking back at like, Corey and Topanga, they're wonderful. And now it's kind of like, but are they? Well, I think that's, what's weird to me is they were so, it was the iconic teenage couple. I mean, um, for our generation, everybody knew Cory and Topanga. Even if you didn't watch Boy Meets World, you could say Cory and Topanga and everybody in the room knew what you were talking about and mm-hmm. knew that you were talking about this perfect couple. And then going back and watching it, like, no, it wasn't good. <laughs> they weren't happy together. Mm-hmm. They were always annoyed and and mad with each other um and it's so weird how that like has flipped in my mind to where it was when when we were teenagers well I think it's it's also you know watching it as adults it becomes apparent how just kind of grading both characters are like on your nerves (laughs) because I mean Topanga becomes this like shrill like bossy controlling um i don't i don't even know like she's just so insufferable most mm-hmm. of the time at this point and cory is so like far out there like neurotic about everything that you kind of just want to be like you know what just each of you go to your separate rooms and like stay there and figure yourselves out because you're a mess <laughs> but we were talking about this at the end of our last episode. Like it's, it's irritating to us, but it's not unrealistic Mm -hmm. for teenagers to go through all of this. Like we're watching our children kind of go through all of these things and it's annoying to watch them do it as well. Mm -hmm. So it might be like more irritating to us to watch Corey and Topanga do it. Yeah, because you're living it. Yeah. You're the Amy and Alan in that situation. But oh I oh, hope don't, not. Don't. Don't you're the put that on me. No, there's no <laughs> there's not really a good uh there's no good parents Mary, in no Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. No, never, you're the you're you. Yeah. In that situation. Can, can you imagine if one of our kids brought someone home that they were dating and one of us was like, nice. I would punch you. <laughs> it's like yeah. she automatically knows that it's you. Yeah. In that scenario. Yeah, it's just right. She just <laughs> couldn't accept that it could possibly be her. It wouldn't be me. It wouldn't be it me would either. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely that element, which, as you said, is like very true to life. Like as a teenager and even as a grown adult, it's like finding out who you are is such an important thing. Like what are the things that drive you? What, not just your interests, but like how do you handle conflict? How do you do all sorts of things in your life and figuring that stuff out mm-hmm. before like committing yourself to another person who also doesn't have all of that figured out mm-hmm. about themselves. 
um, it just saves a lot of like heartache and trouble. Right. I think one of the ruts that, that really everyone on the show, and I think it's probably across the board in media, one of the ruts that everyone falls into is thinking that once you find those things out about yourself, then that's it. That's just who you are. And like, everyone just has to live with that person instead of showing that like everyone continues to grow constantly. Like Mm -hmm. Corey and Topanga are these people now, but who are they going to be in 15 years? Like they don't just stay stagnant. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's the worst of them because they're a little rough. Yeah. So that's how we felt about Corey and Topanga leading into this. <laughs> what was it like for you to see Lauren? How did you feel about Lauren initially? And and did your opinions of her change in this episode, in Heartbreak Corey? Um, I think just looking back, I kind of alluded to it before. I was just like, Lauren, I don't like her. Mm-hmm. Um, Lin- Linda Cardellini, mm-hmm. is that? Um, I mean, usually if she's in other programs you don't recognize her because she's a fantastic actress right you can just like transform um like velma and scooby-doo it's like mm-hmm. you would have no idea <laughs> um uh yeah but just like thinking about it i'd be like lauren like she just ruined everything um but watching back and even the last time or two that i've watched through it i'm like you know like she's just kind of like shooting her shot like maybe she senses that there's this sort of unease between the two of them. And so she's just kind of like, Hey, here I am. Um, And I mean, I feel like she's really charming. Like just from that first line where Feeney's pulling the gate, they got Corey. She's like, those mountains are treacherous. Like he fell getting off the bus. Those buses are treacherous (laughs) from the jump. You're kind of like, well, she's charming. Like, okay, I want to see where this goes. Um, And it was just, yeah, it was, it was nice. Yeah, um, I, I think we've made no um, secret about the fact that we we love Linda Cardellini, both of us do. I mean, both of us love Freaks and Geeks. Both of us love everything she's been in, really. Yeah. Um, I love her in Grandma's Boy, like Velma. And, yeah, and, and that love, like, immediately, like, transferred into how we talked about Lauren for our podcast. Like, mm-hmm. as we were going through season after season, it was like, oh, we're getting closer to the Lauren episodes. Like, this is exciting because we know that we love her. Mm-hmm. And um, we hadn't watched that arc in a really long time. Yeah. And so it was kind of, it was really exciting to get to it. And the chemistry between Corey and Lauren is so evident the moment that they are together on screen in a way Mm -hmm. that isn't, it's not fabricated at all. Like it was there, um, which was really fascinating. And, And Corey becomes way easier to watch as a person when he's with her. So like, that first, you know, what, 20 minutes of that episode, it was like, oh, like, obviously, this is better for him, like, Mm -hmm. way better. But he did definitely say, hey, I have a girlfriend. I love my girlfriend. She's my girlfriend. Uh And then 
she kissed him. So, yeah, that was rude. Yeah, I feel like that's the at least in my memory, and of what we've rewatched so far, like Corey is not good at expressing that, oh, <laughs> of yeah. talking about anything that he's feeling or setting any sort of boundaries or anything like thinking like when he gets invited to Missy Robinson's party Mm -hmm. and he just exit on kind of, or when they go to Disney world and Kristen is like really into him. If he just took a couple minutes and was like, Hey, I realize this is confusing that I'm here. And you think I'm here for you. I'm not like, I'm not interested. I'm interested in Topanga. (laughs) That would have cleared up a lot of trouble, but he's not good at like setting up boundaries at all. Well, communication um, like what, is a struggle for him. Yeah. What 18 year old really is though. Right. Maybe. Um, yeah. He, that's just always been like a real struggle of just like, let me say what my intentions are. Let me put this out there. Well, and, and then he actually does it. Well, and, right. But in all of these situations too, he ends up in a bad place and then can't explain his way out of it because he just won't explain it. Um, like in this scenario, Topanga gets angry that he kissed her. He didn't kiss her. He never explains. She kissed me. I didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't actually kiss her. Um, he, yeah, he never explains the whole situation, which with the way Topanga acts, I kind of understand because she can be very scary at this point in the show. <laughs> like... She's one of those people that I expect to just like claw at someone with her nail. She's so catty. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> um, so anyway, all that to say, uh, I felt um, I really like Lauren leading up to this moment. I still liked her in this episode. There, there was the part at the end where she kisses him, even though he's said, I have a girlfriend, but she really liked him. He obviously liked her uh, and there was real chemistry there. So I can understand, you know, at 16, there's a lot of confusion there. Um, Especially she's watching him be unhappy with his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, She thinks she's doing something nice up until the end of this episode. Still a fan of Lauren, still thinking I want Corey and Topanga to break up, break up, and I want Corey and Lauren to get together for a while, if only to to give Corey a chance to see a new perspective and grow mm-hmm. and change, and and give Topanga a chance to go out and live her life and see if there's something she wants differently, um, and grow and change because mm-hmm. they they both are very much stuck in this mindset. Um, Corey is nonstop trying to please Topanga, that's his, um, that's his personality at this point. Mm -hmm. So up until now, still like Lauren. Um, Do we want to discuss anything in First Girlfriend's Club? I mean, really, I mean, really, that's the letter. Topanga reads it. Corey still thinks they're good and they're going to go on their normal date night. And Mm -hmm. he tells Sean to do the same thing as them, even though his life is falling apart. But then Sean gets kidnapped. So it's whatever you know just a standard kidnapping on valentine's day yeah but i don't think it has i mean there isn't a lot through the next few that has a lot of bearing on 
well, well in, in the next mind. one there is yeah. I mean, the next yeah, yeah, one yeah. is the the final lauren specific episode mm-hmm. um where where she shows up while Corey is trying to repair things with him and topanga lauren shows up at chubby's unannounced is upset with him for telling her to leave because she just spent four hours on the bus and and she thinks that he owes this time to her. Um, Topanga starts one of her mind games and is like, no, you should go spend the day with her. Go do that. And Corey's like, no. <laughs> and Topanga says, yes, go. You need to spend time with her. You need to see this through. Uh, and then she gets mad that he went and he spent time with her. Corey has a good time with Lauren he gets to put his head in her jacket. Yeah. They yeah, throw that's... water bottle water mm-hmm. at each other while it's raining. And then Corey and Sean kind of hash it out and Corey decides, no, Topanga's the one for me. How he got there was just his gut feeling, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the beans. Yeah, the beans. <laughs> but so this is where it, where my opinion on on Lauren changed completely from where mm-hmm. I thought I was. Um, and, and again, like we loved her going into that. I love Linda Cardellini. So I thought that this was all going to be a fun story in my head. It was, but this episode was awful to watch. <laughs> and it was so odd. Yeah. It was so odd that this girl just like, shows up in Philadelphia and figures out everywhere that Corey is. Uh-huh. And then is like, I don't know. She seems kind of manic or oh, yeah. like, I don't know. It was, it was definitely stranger than I remembered it being. I think when you're a teenager, like it's the melodrama that you were talking about. Like when you're a teenager, you just eat that stuff up. Uh-huh. And then as an adult, you're like, um. Yeah, it's like, this isn't Degrassi. I'm not watching Degrassi right now. I'm watching. I don't even think Degrassi would have been that ridiculous. Like, I don't know. Like in (laughs) Degrassi, in Degrassi, they would have shown the actual trip and then figuring out how to find the people. Like, I know that because I watched every single episode of Degrassi (laughs) very many times. But like, and they're constantly like, getting on the train and being like, how are we supposed to find this person? Maybe if we knew how Lauren figured everything out, what if she just like went to Topanga? Like she like called Topanga and was like, where can I find Corey? So how did she find Topanga? From the directory at the ski lodge. She signed a permission slip. It had her emergency contact information. So now it. she's going through like student records to get phone numbers. Would what that if be that just crazy? called Corey's and like talk to his parents? Cause they seem like the type to like give that out. Oh yeah. So that brings me to another point. When, when they introduce Lauren to the Matthews family, it's like, Oh yeah. Hey, like we've heard so much about you. Like <laughs> really? Maybe maybe Corey's been chatting. He can't communicate with the people that are involved, but he can right. talk to other people about it. Mm. Right. No, he says, "Mom, Dad, this is 
Lauren, the girl that I told you about that I spent all night talking to, like he tells his parents everything that happened with this girl. Um, so how did you feel about Lauren during this episode, through this episode, after this episode? Yeah, it does, it, like when you're saying that of her just like showing up, like it definitely does feel really weird. Um, just kind of like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> um, like, how did she come across this? Yeah, it just feels very like sort of wild to think about. And I'm sure we're going to think about it on our show as we try to make sense of every little detail and timeline and make it all make sense because a lot of it doesn't. <laughs> so that's right. our that's our uh, cross to bear. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't even try. Yeah, we've there's time travel involved. There are um, a purgatory. There's a purgatory dimension in play um, at this point. Goodness gracious! But uh, and Lauren doesn't I'm have a anything. I'm a tad to do behind that. on your podcast, so <laughs> that's all right. It, it starts to get wild in season four. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, but I haven't really thought about all those details. But yeah, it, def- it definitely just seems like you sent this letter to Corey. Corey never wrote you back, never reciprocated in any way. So now you're just kind of showing up mm-hmm. um, out of the blue, um, coming to all the places. It just feels stalkerish. Yes. And just like he said before he left, like, I have a girlfriend. You kissed him. He clearly didn't kiss you back. And then he leaves. You never hear from him again. You should probably like read into that exactly what it says like he's right. just not he's not interested like yes there was a good moment like maybe there could have been more but he's clearly not like interested in that he's not picking up what you're putting down anymore yeah, yeah the level of obsession is pretty intense because it was one night like it was like a 24-hour span, and she just couldn't let it go, which is concerning. I think it makes it makes sense that this would happen. Um, it's because Corey's so hot. <laughs> what? Um, I'm nice. just trying, I'm just trying to nice. see where you're going with this. No, it makes sense that it would happen because uh, one of the things that I always try to teach our kids or talk to our kids about is the fact that anybody can seem perfect for a day or two or three weeks or a month and a half. Like you need to give people time before you decide like this person is perfect. Um, You got to get to know people because you're not going to know who they are after a night, after Mm -hmm. a day. So the fact that he had that one perfect night where she seemed like everything, And then she shows up and she's just this manic, obsessive, um, almost ex-girlfriend in the way that she's acting. And it was really just one night where they talked and and he didn't answer her letter. Um, So that's when she kind of showed her true colors is when she wasn't getting what she wanted out of this, um, not even relationship, but out of Corey. Um, she became this obsessive, like, I'm going to show up and then almost guilt trip you into spending time with me because 
I took four hours on a bus to get here. So why aren't you spending time with me? You weren't asked to do that. Yeah. yeah Philadelphia is a big place. There's lots to, lots to see. And you we've know, already established it is one, one restaurant. restaurant. Mm-hmm. You go to the one restaurant, everybody seems to love it. It's yeah. Bell, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's all I have to say, really. I mean, it's, it was, it was really weird to go from, I love Lauren to, oh no, this, this is not good, Corey, get away. Mm-hmm. But that didn't mean, okay, Corey, go back to Topanga now. Like there's a middle ground there. And that is, things aren't working for me. I need to figure it out. I'm going to step aside and try to figure myself out. And that's not what he does. He immediately goes, oh, this isn't what I wanted. I got to go back to Topanga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Corey is incapable of doing anything on his own. Like he's always had Sean right in his back pocket. He's always had his parents right in his back pocket. He's always had Mr. Feeney right in his back pocket. Like he's never, he's so codependent on every single person in his life that he he couldn't be alone. Like he needs to be in a romantic relationship or he will unravel. I know that's what I'm saying is maybe this is the time for him to step aside and go, I have to learn who I am as a person. Oh, well, we know Corey doesn't do that. (laughs) He's a normal person could do this. Yeah. Right. I mean, there are plenty of people who do not do that in real life. Like who People, people should do that. Yes, people should do that. Some time for introspection, kind of figuring some things out, maybe talking with people and getting their input into the situation. Yeah, start a podcast, uh, Mm. make some friends with similar podcasts and just hash it out over Zoom. Exactly. Learn how to use Zoom. (laughs) 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 All right. So, um, so we got, and then there was Sean, which we sort of already talked about. Yeah, we kind of already hit everything on that. But yeah, I was going to ask you how you felt about it. We already talked about it. Yeah. So then we <laughs> go to if if you can't be with the one you love, which is the drinking episode mm-hmm. where Corey can't handle the fact that he's not with the Penga. He can't handle being the sad, depressed guy. He starts drinking. He's super fun and entertaining for everybody involved, and Sean becomes an alcoholic. Very quickly. For 24 hours. Yeah. yeah but to a point where he gets violent and pushes his girlfriend. Yeah. So how, how do you feel about the Corey and, and Topanga story at this point? Yeah, it seems like it just seems really extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like out of nowhere, this is going on. But I can also understand from like a family slash teen tv show in the 90s it's like we have to have our like psa episode where yeah. we, we talk about these things well, um, they, they did a bad job because they made it look very fun that's true <laughs> but then they made it look really bad for push two seconds even then though it it ends with her just being like hey don't do that anymore and he's like okay mm-hmm. and then they kiss yeah it's like i like it when you don't drink too yeah the end. But that also feels sort of PSA. It's either it ends that way or it ends like you're dead. And they just did that the episode before where everybody died. That's true. That's true. 
two dead episodes in a row. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there are, could have been actual repercussions for Sean's really bad actions. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Angela says, hey, I respect myself. And that was really shitty. We aren't going to date anymore. That uh-huh. would suck yeah. for us as a as viewers of the show because we love Angela. But it would show that there are actual consequences for doing things like shoving your girlfriend. Yeah. If only. Now we go to Eric Hollywood, which which was a fun romp. There's no Corey and Topanga stuff in Eric Hollywood, is there? There's like not even anything oh, with their relationship, but you see like the Topanga Sean relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really nice. And you also see like Corey still listens to and trusts Topanga. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like when she's like, yeah, chicken pox. And then Corey knocks on the door. She's like, run Corey, run far away and don't come back. There's chicken pox. Mm-hmm. And like, he'll never listen. It opens the door and Corey's just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's still like, he trusts her implicitly, mm-hmm. even if she doesn't trust him. Yeah. Um, but then you get the kind of to see the relationship between Sean and Topanga where she's taking care of him and he's like shouldn't you like hate me or be against me through all this Corey stuff it's like no we're friends too um which which is nice which was nice to see and and probably good for teens to see at the time right and then we go to Starry Night um where Topanga meets and falls in love with Vincent Van Gogh. Uh, no. <laughs> time travel. It's in there. You said there's time travel's in there? There's legitimate time travel in Boy Meets World, so. Oh, yeah. But not here. Not in this episode. No, not in this one. Topanga Well, meets... I was thinking it was sort of like time travel, but I guess that's not really time travel. I was thinking like Tuck Everlasting plays the guy. Mm-hmm. And so like this was a guy from like a different era. I was trying to work that it's into just different it. actors. It's the same actor. I mean, so what happens in this episode? Wait, what? The same actor from what? From Tuck Everlasting. Oh, that is the same actor. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I was just like, I thought you were saying there's like a Tuck Everlasting-esque situation. Not that it's the same guy who was. Sorry, that was anyway. my fault. No, it wasn't. It was very confusing. We kind of had like we kind of had like a bickering moment for a second that you got to be privy to. Um so in this episode, Topanga decides she's in love with this artsy guy who has just discovered Van Gogh's Starry Night. Mm-hmm. Um and she's just enthralled by that. And then she literally says, Corey. How do you feel about this painting? This is a test. And Corey is like, you shouldn't test my love for you. This is ridiculous. And she's like, oh, tell me what you think of this painting. And so he does. And she says, no, you're wrong. That's not what this painting is. And then she goes out with the guy. They hit it off. He kisses her. And she realizes she needs to be with Corey. Mm, just a classic, classic uh, sort of scenario. Yep. <laughs> so I guess the real question is, have you heard of the painting Starry Night? <laughs> <clears throat> is that the one about the, the baby Jesus? 
it could be if that's how you see it. Baby our- Jesus watching over the sleepy town. <laughs> Keeping it safe. Um, and going to war. I see what- an <laughs> What was your what was your teenage like I'm so deep. This is obscure this- and nobody knows what I'm talking about. I'm really trying to think. Uh, I think I always wanted to be that like teenager of like, I guess probably, probably in my school, like JRPGs Mm. kind of stuff, but that really was obscure and nobody knew because nobody else played them. Cause it was like a small town. Everybody played football pretty much, but me. (laughs) And so, and I was like, Oh, this game. And they're like, what are you talking about? I literally didn't have any friends that knew what Chrono Trigger was. Like, <laughs> like it just, I agree. It was the same way. So this is your starry night. Yeah, except it, it's, it's, it's actually like Cameron's obscure. saying, like it wasn't a thing where you could be like, hold on, come experience Chrono Trigger with me. Uh, this is a whole new uh, uh, world. And no, people weren't receptive to it. Hmm. Yeah, and it wasn't a thing where you could just go look at it uh, in a moment. Like it was, yeah. it was something to be experienced over time. Like I was, I was like that, and I've I've made fun of myself about it. I thought that I was into the most obscure Nirvana songs that no one has ever heard, and I would just be like, "Yeah, but have you really heard Serve the Servants? Like, have you really like? Do you understand what he's saying there? Like." I feel like every teenager has these things where they feel like they're the first person to discover these things. And this, this kid thought that he discovered Starry Night. And the meaning behind it, mm-hmm. which was obviously God. That was my obscure thing too. God. God? Yeah. Hmm. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of him. What was your thing? Like, what would you go to youth group and tell people like, oh, have you heard Stephen Curtis Chapman? <laughs> Man, I could still get down with some Stephen Curtis Chapman. Me too. It's so fun. Um, I don't know that I had anything okay. other than I mean, my stuff was books. It was like I would read like Anne of Green Gables and be like, "Have you guys ever read Anne of Green Gables?" So like, can you please go back in your hole with your books? <laughs> <laughs> That's enough, you reading child. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of people um, in our age group were like, oh, yeah, but did you see Fight Club? I mean, like, this is this is really deep. Like, you don't realize how deep this movie really is. Okay, I have one. You in the Matrix right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I do, actually. So the movie Kids Mm. was that for me for, like, a couple of years where people be like, well... Like, well, let's watch a movie. I'd be like, have you ever seen the movie Kids? And they'd be like, no, what's that? And I'd be like, yes, another one. one. What? I don't think I know that one. Really? Oh, goodness. She's about to do it now. Are you going to watch it? Are you going to watch it right now? (laughs) (laughs) No, do not watch it. It's it's, It's uh, pretty messed up. It's a very messed up movie. In fact, there's a new documentary coming out about how messed up the production of it was like for these kids. 
Um, no, it's it's about watching kids who are in bad situations and and it all like there's no good that comes out of it. It's all devastating all the way through it. Mm. But it came out when I was a teenager and it was mind blowing to me because a lot of the people that I hung out with were uh, somewhat similar to the people in the movie. So it was semi-relatable, just not in like a city. But anyway, that was, I think that was probably my obscure thing when I was a teenager. I think I maybe have heard of it, but I didn't, I I don't watch a lot of movies and didn't, didn't catch that one, I guess. Yeah. No, I I only watched it because I had friends who were obsessed with movies and didn't want to play video games with me. Um, (laughs) Like, I feel like the generation after us, everyone was that way. All of the teenagers were that way about Donnie Darko. Like, Oh oh, yeah. yeah, Well, this let's, let's watch Donnie Darko. I love Donnie Darko. I don't. I do. Frank the Bunny. Frank the Bunny is my janitor. Uh Like when I think of something that scares me for some reason, it's Frank the Bunny. But it's probably because I had Frank the Bunny chase me once and drag me out of a tunnel by my leg. Well, that'll do it. In real life. That really happened. But anyway, so starry night. Pretty unsettling bunny. Yeah. As far as bunnies go. I do remember when he took the the bunny head off when he was like when he took it off and he, they're like sitting in the were they sitting in a theater? Mm-hmm. Oh, are we just yeah. talking about Donnie Darko? Now? Yeah, he takes. No, we're talking about Starry Night. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you remember this part of the painting? There's a guy in a bunny suit in the corner. Yeah, I do actually. I mean, you could you could see it off in the in the village he's protecting the sleepy town mm-hmm. like one of those magic eye paintings or if you unfocus <laughs> your eyes just right it's gonna just pop out at you well it's because god knew they were at war and asked him to watch over yeah <laughs> i mean so it would be a really good tie-in because he was like you know the whole apocalypse thing anyway so in starry night uh <laughs> topanga falls for this guy um i think we hashed it out already. we did hash it out yeah we're done with it are we done with it like yeah it was just annoying yes yeah but at the same time it also felt like this is her lauren mm-hmm. where it's like this relationship could be really good for her there's like common interest there's like an ability to like appreciate the same things and kind of connect with one another on like a deeper level. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and, and this whole saga started in Heartbreak Corey with the two of them sitting on the couch, talking about the things that they're interested in, saying, oh, we just love all the same things, don't we? Because they like to kiss. And then she says she wants to ski and he doesn't want to ski. So like, immediately it's made clear there that they don't have things in common. And then we see Corey connect with Lauren, who he has things in common with. And then we see Topanga connect with, do we remember his name? Tuck Everlasting. Tuck Everlasting. Rich, but I don't know why. Hmm. We'll call him Vince or Tuck. Let's stick with him. We'll call him Tuck. Tuck is good. Okay, we'll call him Tuck. Um, So, and then she finds Tuck and has all of these connections with him. Um, and then 
throughout all of this, they realize that they were meant to be, Corey and Topanga were meant to be, and they get back together. And really that, that puzzle is never really put together. I don't feel like they threw a puzzle box at us and said, eh, it's done. Well, not necessarily. We're skipping over like the whole thing where they talk about the the monkey bars and all of that. Like to them and to any teenager in that situation, the puzzle is together. Like they just needed a final nudge. Like to them, that relationship and the the talking on the monkey bars and all of that was like the most serious thing that has ever happened to them in their lives because they are teenagers. Like all of this stuff holds so much more meaning to them than we could ever understand. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like is really essential to like the teenage experience mm-hmm. of just like, I understand the world better than anyone Right. Ever before or ever after will ever understand the world. Like, well, And my feelings are bigger than any feelings that anyone's ever felt before. And I know this, like that's, I remember feeling that way. Like reading a John Green book. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like he writes all the teens that way of just like, but it's like so true. Yes. <laughs> Where you're just like, cause I remember being like in, like junior, senior year of just feeling like got it all figured out when we're in class and we're discussing all of this stuff and just like, we're so good and we're so smart and we just understand the world and the universe. Mm-hmm. If only everyone would just listen to us and it would all work out just fine. Right. And every really bit did. of like enlightenment that you reach is like, that is it. It's the biggest thing you've ever learned and the biggest thing you ever have like realized that you understood and it's going to change the world. <laughs> and that's what Corey and Topanga are doing. Well, I think, They're like, changing the world. I, the same th- way about every relationship that you're in when you're, when you're that age. When I was 16 and 17, I was dating the girl that I, I knew. It's, if it's meant to be, you get together in high school or earlier and you're together for the rest of your lives. And that's kind of what is always romanticized and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we need to romanticize people meeting each other when they're 48 and finally realize that this is what they want out of life, you know? We're, we're not 48. What? Well, you, were cl- you, you were the girl he was talking about the first, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's going to wait until he's 48 to find his soulmate. I'm well, just saying, like, everything, we, we romanticize this high school sweetheart thing so much. And it, that's probably so bad for teenagers. It is very bad for mm-hmm. teenagers. Yeah, because I mean, all it is, like, and I can speak for chance here because we've, I feel like we just talked about this recently. Um, but I've heard someone describe it as like, a, like the fence post romance it's like if you spend enough time with it you could fall in love with a fence post (laughs) just because it's like that proximity and like a person you've been through high school with you've been through a lot of like growth together but and so you there's there's this feeling of like intimacy and closeness Mm -hmm. that I mean it is real but it doesn't mean that it's like the one it just means you've been through a lot together Um, and so like that's not doesn't make it unimportant that you're young but it does mean that you still have growing up to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And not to, not to say that you won't find somebody at that age, but you might not. And that's okay. 
Yeah, we we do have quite a few listeners who are like, hey, guys, because I mean, we've talked at length about this, um, where they're like, oh, hey, so um, I married my childhood sweetheart, like, Mm -hmm. and we're good. Like, we really are. It works out for some people. But for me personally, all of the romanticizing, excuse me, romanticizing, you know, these long-term high school relationships was detrimental to me personally um and I feel like it probably was to you too oh no it definitely was it wasn't until that relationship broke up and I was on my own that I started to realize who I was and and that this wasn't me like Mm -hmm. that wasn't what defined me that Mm -hmm. relationship that high school relationship didn't need to define who I was as a person. And only then was I able to actually start to learn and grow, I think. Yeah. And I didn't get to do that until I was 29 years old. Wait till you're 48. (laughs) (laughs) Still a long time till then. But because of that, I mean, I can't blame media just solely, but there was that like, Oh, you, you can meet someone and be with them for the rest of your life. And then you end up in bad situations and you're like, but this, I mean, now I'm here, this is where I'm at. Um, So at 29, I finally was out and figuring out who I was. And that's super late. Like I was like stunted. And I think that's a common thing that happens Mm -hmm. is that these people end up like stunted where they they were when they got in the relationship but that has nothing to do with going to banga but oh yeah it does because they get pretty stunted yeah and they stay pretty stunted like yeah i feel like even getting into girl meets world they stay stunted. yes yeah but not that i know that girl me girl meets world exists (laughs) what's that I don't know. Whoops. <laughs> All right. So do we have any other thoughts to wrap up this Lauren saga? I know that we have some, some, some listener. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we comments. have listener thoughts. We have listener and we thoughts. Have, we have Chance's thoughts as well. Do we? We do. That's nice of him. He wanted to make I, sure he was here with us. But I depending, disagree with everything Cameron said. Right. <laughs> depending on how sick he is, though, this could get interesting. <laughs> He's just like, here are my thoughts on Starry Night. I hate I'm it. I'm looking at it right now. I hate it when Papa Smurf came in and... Well, let's talk about the geopolitical situation in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I have some thoughts. All right. You want me to read it? Yes. You're handing me your phone to read it? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I haven't read this yet. You have. I didn't even know we had this message. Um, So Chance said. uh, (laughs) Is that what he said? He says he's very sick of saying that. He says, here are my thoughts on the Lauren saga, which you do not have to read on air. They picked a really great charismatic actress to play Lauren. And while I don't have as much attachment to her as Danielle Fischel, I still think she's pretty great. Corey is to blame for all of this more than Lauren. And I think it's interesting that they use this breakup to explore Sean's character more than anyone else's. At least that's what it seems like to me. Wow. So he does disagree with us. So much. 
If only he was here right now in this space next to me. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm doing this without my security blanket. Like I'm doing this without my Topanga. Where it's like, <laughs> I'm out here and now I have to run back. I think you get along with Chance way better than Corey and Topanga get along. That's true. <laughs> um, this is fascinating to me. Corey is to blame for all of it. How is Corey to... What do you think Chance would say that makes him think that Corey is to blame for all of it? I think he's probably coming from a similar place where I sort of came from and then we talked about it more. Mm-hmm. Of just like... Corey doesn't express Mm. anything Mm -hmm. until you're like past the point of no return almost. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like, if he'd have just like from the beginning been like, Hey, we've had a nice time. Like I've enjoyed talking with you. um, But I, maybe I'm picking up on something that's not there, but I feel like maybe there's some like romantic tension between us, but I don't really want to explore that because I'm, like happy with my girlfriend. And so I'm just going to go to bed or something like that. Um, or ain't did anything until that last moment where he did kind of say that at the end, but mm-hmm. it had already so much had transpired. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if he had just communicated, but he doesn't ever do that. I will say this was one of those moments where we were very proud of him because he never communicates. And, mm-hmm. and I thought he did, far better than he ever has like he goes he goes up to her and is like hey um this has been really fun but i have a girlfriend and i don't want you to get the wrong idea and then she's like oh okay you don't want me i'm gonna kiss you i'll show you the wrong idea right so and so i I do think he could have done a lot more leading up to that moment like Mm -hmm. Um, it's clear to me that when Lauren, uh, when Topanga comes in from skiing and she kisses Corey, like Lauren is taken aback by the fact that a girl just came in and kissed Corey. Like he must not have been talking about his girlfriend at all, which is weird. Um, Lauren was with them. Yeah, they were on the together. Couch. That's true. So I don't know. Um, but what I do think is 100% true and so interesting is how chance says that they took this opportunity to explore Sean's character even Mm -hmm. more than Corey's, which is something that I don't think we ever touched on, but is such a good point. Mm. Well, chance and I are, I don't think famous is the right word, but we (laughs) often say (laughs) that we, we feel like the show is better when it's about Sean Mm -hmm. and that we kind of wish it was a show more focused on Sean with like Corey being the best friend, mm-hmm. like more from his perspective. Cause that's like the more interesting story beats. Mm-hmm. Like Sean has a character arc and development and growth that you mm-hmm. don't really see from anybody else. <clears throat> um, yeah. But like they really do here. It's like the very next episode is all about Sean's relationships. Mm-hmm. Like within the framework, like you kind of begin and end with Corey, but mm-hmm. all the middle is Sean. Mm-hmm. Even, and then there was Sean. It's like all in his head as he's kind of, dreaming and processing like how he's handling their breakup and how it's affecting his other relationships and like um sean and drinking and sean with the chicken pox and his relationship with topanga it's almost like that got a sweeter moment than Corey and topanga's relationship yeah did. well i don't think it was lost on the writers and directors of this television show that 
Ryder Strong was the guy. Mm-hmm. Like people watched because he was on it. I watched because he was on it when I was a kid. Like I didn't care about Corey and Topanga. I just wanted Sean to be in love with me. <laughs> like <laughs> so I think they were incredibly smart for being like, well, here's this relationship over here, which is cute and it'll keep you guys on the hook. But this guy, like, this is what it's about. Because when you watch the, the, the commercials for the next episode, you watch to see how Sean centric it is. And that determines whether you're watching it or not. It's the same thing. Um, Home Improvement did the same thing is they knew that JTT was the guy. And so they made things more focused on him than the other brothers. No, no. It's all about Richard Karn. (laughs) He was the real, he was the real selling point of that show. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. (laughs) I don't think so, Tim. That's why he, that's why he got to be in Boy Meets World. Yeah. It's true. Jonathan Taylor Thomas on this show. Exactly. Um. But yeah, so good yeah, job, I, Chance, for really hitting it out of the park with that yeah, one. If only he was here. <laughs> you can just imagine that he said those things. Yeah, I will. I'll edit it in some way. I'll get <laughs> like I'll, a, uh, a, a a voice alike to, to do his voice. All your, all your audience that knows us so well <laughs> and that just knows exactly how he would say it. All right. So you're going to read Facebook comments? Yeah. So um, one of our listeners, Channing Arnold, whose idea it was for us to do this specific episode. um, Thank you, Channing. uh, He said, I know it would. Hold on. I know it never would have happened because sitcoms just don't do this. But I'm so fascinated by how differently the show would have turned out had they kept Lauren on as Corey's girlfriend. It would have definitely added some fresh new storylines to the show as they got to know each other and maybe had to overcome different hurdles as new things came up. Even if they eventually broke them up and got Corey and Topanga back together at the end, I'd have loved to see them flesh out a Corey Lauren story for more than just two episodes. There was just so much potential after their first episode. They kind of ruined it in the next one by making her a stalker. But if they could have written a whole season or so around the Lauren from Heartbreak Corey, I'd have been so here for it. So, yeah, I agree. I think in general, Boy Meets World would have benefit uh, from longer drawn out storylines that were gave it a chance to breathe and grow. Um, Having a whole season with Lauren would have been really good to see Mm -hmm. a different a different side of things and a chance Mm -hmm. for everyone to kind of change and grow as people so i i agree and it would have made way more sense after actually like dating her and having an actual relationship with another person for him that to then go back and be like lauren is not it for me it is still topanga like i'm sorry lauren i tried my best but it is still topanga Mm-hmm. And then it would have made all of the post breakup stuff be less um, stalkerish and more believable, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of a weakness of the show. Is that like we have to wrap it up in twenty two minutes? Mm-hmm. Like that's all they ever really give themselves. It's really rare to have like a two part episode, even. Right. So even this, like 
saga of seven episodes. Like, I don't feel like that was a tight seven episodes that really dove into it and explored everything. Um, it's like each one was kind of different and could sort of stand on its own um, to an extent, mm-hmm. right? Like they're not really like weaving a story like you might see today, like if a show, like if they remade the show and did it today, like I feel like it would be a lot tighter. Um, right. Kind of go in some different interesting ways, but I feel like they were kind of maybe limited by their, just the way they'd done it and what was kind of expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think it's, um, it's a coincidence really either though, that we get Eric Hollywood in the middle of all of this, where they have some very pointed jokes at themselves, at the writers talking mm-hmm. about how poopy you're poopy, <laughs> <laughs> how, how they um, always do the same thing week in and week out and never learn a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was so good. But who do we got next? Uh, well, I'm not going to read Zella's entire post because uh, it's it's like a novel. Thank <laughs> you for the novel. Oh, she says, and there's my novel at the end of it. Oh. Um, but she does say that, you know, most of our listeners love Lauren. And um, but for her, Lauren always rubbed her the wrong way. Um, And she says, I know we can't usually control who we're attracted to, but we can control how we interact with those people. Um, Corey and Topanga aren't married, but uh, she really doesn't like it when people impede on other relationships. So she asks the question about being adultery and isn't subtle about it. She's doing this with Topanga on the couch. Like from the very beginning, she is intruding on this relationship. Um, so she talks about how it would have been interesting to have a Lauren story storyline, but probably the writers felt like they needed to cater to the people who love Corey and Topanga together, mm-hmm. which was, you know, very central to the show along with Sean. Um, and then she talks about the fact that Corey would not have been able to handle a long distance relationship with Lauren because of the fact that he couldn't even handle Topanga moving to Pittsburgh. Um, But she also says like, uh, hold on, I'm sorry. She talks about how, so uh, Zella married her first love um, and they dated other people in between and they didn't get married until they were 32. So they started dating when they were 14 and they got married when they were 32 after figuring out more of who they were and stuff like oh, that. Nice. So she was saying that that was to her, like the healthier way to go about it. And that there should have been more interactions where Corey and Topanga were dating other people. So that was, that was Zella's. Good job, Zella. As always. Need Marie to go read Joe's. that read that full novel. <laughs> I was I'm trying to skim. Group. I'm in the Facebook. Group. Oh, so you've read all of these? I, I've seen them. I don't know if I read them all in detail, but uh-huh, I'm sure. Through. You stalk our Facebook page. You're you're I, the I, Lord, I you're the Lauren of our Facebook page. <laughs> I know everybody's information. <laughs> I'm not really bad. I don't. I just I recognize a few names. That's about. It. Uh, let's see. Joe Johnson said, I really think they could have expanded the breakup between Corpanga to have them really navigate the dating waters over a longer period to have Topanga actually fending off guys that were waiting for the opportunity to date her since she's rarely been single during high school. 
and see if any one guy would have swept her off her feet and made her question of going back to Corey was truly the right thing to do. Um, da, 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 there's uh, this, it was longer than I expected. I just hit see more and I realized there's three more paragraphs. Um, Corey and Lauren should have given it a go. We know Corey, wait, it says Cody. We know Corey <laughs> is attracted to her or a little scared of strong, independent, bossy women. And Lauren fits that TK Topanga from season five mold. Uh, That's a good point. Like he mm-hmm. likes to be controlled so much. Yeah. Man, I love TK. I wish we had more of her too. Yeah. Me too. I'll just TK I'll say is it. my favorite. I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> you shouldn't be on this podcast. Everyone knows I love TK. She should just come back. Did you just say you shouldn't be on this podcast? No, I said that's not what I meant. It came I out. meant you shouldn't be scared to say that on this podcast. I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. Well, I'm half <laughs> listening and half reading the Facebook comments, and it threw me for a loop for a second before I realized what was going on. Um, this recording is going to go right in the trash. Uh, Joe also says it was a missed opportunity and potential, but I'm sure if we search the internet long and hard, there's probably some solid Corey and Lauren fan fiction out there. I'm sure there is. Oh, there has to be. Tune in next episode where we read. We're going to put together some dramatic, uh, like radio drama versions. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Cameron's Lauren. Obviously. I mean, I didn't want to bring it up. I just thought you might pick up on that. <laughs> yeah. The similarities are just uncanny. Who am I going to be? Those buses are treacherous. <laughs> Perfect. Why? Couldn't even tell the difference. No. That sounded like Miss Patty. Oh, I love Miss Patty. Thank you. That's a compliment. You're welcome. Try a plum. They're better than sex. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Uh, then... Uh, Last but not least, we have Thomas who said, I love Lauren. She was uh, very warm with and Corey and had chemistry, especially at the ski lodge with them talking all night. The rain scene at the picnic was my favorite. Even later in the series, they try and mirror the then there was Sean reveal. This time, Corey keeps having nightmares of killing everyone he loves. Oh, we can't look into the future. What are we, wizards? I feel like that scene could have been way more impactful if she lasted more than a two episode arc. Good point. Mm Mm-hmm. So even I, I, I think that that's kind of the takeaway from it. Even if you didn't like Lauren or didn't think that she and Corey should have been together, it would have been refreshing as a TV show if they had spent at least a handful of episodes delving into that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Are we done? Have I, we run out of things to say? I think so. In conclusion, Lauren, 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 Lauren. You're very charming, but also a stalker. Lauren or, or Cameron? <laughs> Lauren. I'm trying to start a rift between you two. So Why? We can, because is, wouldn't it be healthy to have like a, an inter-podcast uh, like rivalry? Why would that be healthy? It's way more fun to just like yeah. guests on each other's shows. I don't know. It, I, you know. I'm just trying to think of the drama aspect, the melodrama. Mm. People love the melodrama. Next time we'll be like, our special guest, Alden, and I guess Tanya. <laughs> yeah, just kind of slowly. That's that's what we can take away from the, the Lauren saga is make sure it's a slow build. And then we really kind of like work through our issues 
and then play that out instead of just getting it over in, in two episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we couldn't do that because we love you guys. Um, we love you guys, too. I can speak for Chance in that regard. Also, I don't think you can. After seeing what he said about uh, the episodes. Oh, yeah. He would have been a fun. fun you guys uh, don't see eye to eye. Well, I know I can speak for him in that regard. We do right. see eye to eye there. Okay. Everything else is up for debate. <laughs> um, all right. So where can people find you? Um, so you can find um, our show, mm-hmm. Boy Meets World Fever, at BG World Fever on Twitter, um, or just look up that name, Boy Meets World Fever. Um, we also have an Instagram, which is more just a Boy Meets World fan page that I sometimes will say, hey, there's a new episode you should check out, but it's just mostly uh, pictures. Uh, At least you use it. Yeah, we made an Instagram for our show and it has two pictures on it and that's it. Nice. Yeah, it's We're been a very bad at social media. Yes. I think I started it back in January and I try to post every day, which is a bit of a problem for me because um, then I just start obsessing with it. But <laughs> um, yeah, so you should check that out um, or... Yeah, um, I'm also on Twitter at the Cameron Liner. Um, I'm the only one that goes by that name, um, at least. Um, yeah, you can. And can follow me can you speak for Chance and throw out his handle too? Yeah, he is um, at Chanceykins on Twitter, so you can follow him also. Both very good follows. Yeah, both very good follows. Yeah, it's, um, it's fun. I try to have fun on there. You, you can definitely follow Cameron for all of my own video game takes because every time he says something, I'm like, yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, we, yep. we agree on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter. At BMG and BMW. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, just type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World into the search bar and join our group. Or you can email us. At BMGMBMW at gmail.com. Um, and seriously, everybody check out Boy Meets World Fever um, and follow these guys uh, and love them as much as we do. Uh, thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 5, Lauren Deep Dive. Do good. Class dismissed.